let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. I want to say a few words tonight about this matter of having a good spirit. Did you know in the first place, a bad spirit leads into sin? A bad spirit leads into sin. In the 51st Psalm, after David had committed his sin, you recall David had taken Bathsheba and stolen Bathsheba from Uriah, and then it killed Uriah, her husband. And then, uh, then, then Bathsheba got pregnant by David, and she gave birth to a boy, a little boy. And David, the boy, lived for a while, and then he was, was taken. God took him on to heaven. And then David uh, mourned the death of his son. And, uh, and, uh, and then Nathan came and told that story about the one little ewe lamb, you know. And uh, David said, Why, a fellow that take one little ewe lamb for a poor man who owned a whole flock of lambs himself? Why, he said, He ought to be killed. Nathan the prophet pointed his finger in David's face and said, Thou art the man. And then David became an arrow, pierced his heart. Conviction settled in his soul. And then David said, My God, my God, I've sinned. And that awful, awful sin gripped his soul in the 51st Psalm as a result of it. That psalm that says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. And he goes on down and he says in verse 10, Renew a right spirit in me. I wonder what started David's downfall. A bad spirit. A bad spirit. You didn't have to renew a right spirit unless he had a wrong spirit. So, listen to me. <clears throat> listen. In a long time before young people neck and pet, uh, they have a bad spirit. They get that sulky look on their face. They get that slouchy kind of a posture. They get that slouchy kind of a walk. I see them come to my office. Man, young ladies come and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll walk in. And they'll say, Brother Hiles, I'm so nervous, I'm so scared. And I'll say, haven't you ever been around a handsome man before? And uh, a rich and handsome man before? And they'll laugh. And one young lady came in, I think I told you about her, a college girl. And she had practiced, you could tell. And so she came, and she came walking in. And she said, about like that, hello, hello, and like a machine, I felt like I'd wind her up. She could do it again. And uh, she was scared. Nothing wrong with her. I appreciated it very much. Honestly, I did. But she started to leave. She said, it has been such a, and she bowed very, very graciously. And then she backed up with all the charm, but didn't back up far enough before she turned left. Then she hit the table, the little uh, table in my office, the little uh, end table next to the sofa there. And she sat down on the end table. When she did, <coughs> she hit the lamp that's on the end table. And then knocked the, knocked the lamp back over. And then she sat down on the end table. The end table keeps pretty well uh, polished. And so she scooted back across the end table. And then when she got to the end of the end table, uh, there's no more place for her to scoot. <coughs> and so a certain part of her anatomy kept on going down. And uh, the lamp at that time took off up because she flipped the lamp. The lamp was going up. She was going down. And there she was, but, but she didn't all fall off, all of her didn't fall off the end table. All but her legs did, and they were just like that, <clears throat> sticking straight up in the air. Then the lampshade came off the lamp and came down top of her head. And there she lay on her back with the legs sticking up on top of the table with a lampshade on her head, and she said, I didn't do very good, did I? <clears throat> no, no, <clears throat> she didn't do very good, <clears throat> but I like the, I, I like the fact that she wanted to do right. I like the fact that she was nervous when she came to the presence of God's man. 
I don't want you to be afraid of me, but I want there to be somewhat of a respect toward God's man and all of our young people. And uh, that beats this slouching in. You know, boy makes an appointment, comes in, no tie. And he starts slouches in and sits down, sits down, and got that, that know-it-all look on his face. That's what you call a bad spirit where I came from. A bad spirit. And David said, uh, he said, uh, <clears throat> Lord, uh, renew a right spirit within me. What does that mean? That means a long time before you ever get drunk or take, take your first beer, you've got a bad spirit. I watch young people go into sin. <clears throat> I can tell you, usually several weeks or months before they go into sin. Why? A certain kind of a know-it-all look on their face. A certain kind of I've seen that look. Or instead of laughing with a sweet open look or a sweet open smile, there's that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, oh, hi, I'll do that again kind of stuff, you know. And uh, now, uh, that doesn't mean you're going to go to the devil. It means that you're going to if you don't stop your trend. Uh, I was watching these young folks tonight down here, and some of them oh, with their open faces. Uh, one of our girls had a date not long ago, and when, when the boyfriend came to bring her back home, I was there. And uh, I, uh, I, I talked to the boys, a couple of boys for a while, and, and when they left, I said to the other girl, I said, what open face fine countenances those boys have and how pleased I am and how proud of them I am. A good spirit. A bad spirit <clears throat> leads into sin. David, a long time before David ever ever uh, flirted with Bathsheba, he had a bad spirit. long time before David never uh, killed Uriah, he had a bad spirit. Now, David hadn't always been that way. If anybody in the Bible had a good spirit, it's David. Don't you recall that wonderful spirit David had when Saul was trying to kill him? Saul said, I'll kill him. Saul got jealous of him and chased him and said, I'll kill him. And if it hadn't been for Jonathan and God's providential care, he would have killed him. But one night David was running from Saul and running and running and running. And finally he and his men went into a cave to sleep. And uh, <clears throat> here comes Saul after him. Saul didn't know that David, David was in that particular cave. And Saul laid down to sleep outside the cave. Next morning David woke up, went out there, and there lay Saul, a sound asleep outside the cave. And somebody said, there's your chance, David. There's a fellow trying to kill you. Draw your sword and stick it through his heart. And David drew his sword. But David just cut the skirt of his garment off a little bit, the hem of his garment off a little bit. And uh, somebody said, why didn't you kill him, David? And David said, I won't lift up my hand against God's anointed. Now, what happened? David had a wonderful spirit. Don't you recall when David and Absalom had rebelled against David, and David was fleeing the city because he wouldn't fight against his own son. Is going out to a place called Mahanaim. And a fellow named Shimei uh, decided to heckle uh, 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 David. And he, and he heckled him and threw stones at him and threw dust in his face. said, yeah, <clears throat> said, you're the one that killed Abner. You're the one, you dead dog, you dirty dog, you. Called him dirty names. And uh, David's servant said, why don't you let me draw my sword and cut his head off? And David said, no, don't do that that he may be sent as a messenger to buffet me. There may be something I need that my enemy could give me. Maybe he's right a little bit. Oh, that's a wonderful spirit. Listen, there's nothing as becoming a young person, or an old person for, uh, for that matter, as a good spirit is. I was watching Johnny Pope tonight. One of the finest young evangelists in America is Johnny Pope. Graduated from our college. Hold, I guess Johnny Pope is holding the biggest and best revivals of any young man his age. He's 13. Men, uh, all America tonight. And I was looking at Johnny Pope. No, no, no cynical preacher that's heard it all is this young man. 
No, he's standing there, sitting there, looking up just like a freshman in college, trying to learn something else and trying to hear what the pastor says and trying to enjoy the music and being blessed. No kind of a, of a sitting back with his, with his legs crossed as if, say, yeah, I heard that before. That came out of Spurgeon, uh, volume 19. That's Sermon 52, Spurgeon, volume 19. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. No, none of that. None of that. That kind of openness of a, of a young boy, young country boy going to town. Uh, that uh, kind of openness of a freshman enrolling for the first time. No know-it-all there. No, I've seen it all there. No trickster there. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> the bad spirit is unbecoming. And by the way, you keep that bad spirit, you'll be in sin after a while. Go ahead. Keep that sullen look on your face. You'll be in sin after a while. And by the way, another thing too. You young folks, you don't kid me. No, you don't kid me. Uh, when you get that kind of a bad spirit, you, <clears throat> you start sliding back toward the back row. After a while, you slip out during the invitation. And your parents don't know it, but I know it. And uh, other folks know it. And then uh, you come to my office and I say, oh, well, well, well uh, you, you've not been living right. Oh, oh, oh. Now, oh, oh, oh. Now, and uh, what have I done? Everybody's got it in for me. Watch out. There's something more to it than that. There's something behind that oh, 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 oh. Everybody's got in. The Bible talks about that, and I'll give it to you in a few minutes. I'm saying, listen, if you want to stay out of sin, you keep a good spirit. By a good spirit. I mean, don't think folks are after you. Then don't be cynical. And don't get that set, that slouch down kind of a look. And keep your hair cut good and short. And keep your skirt down to your knee. And learn, and keep on blushing when something, when you ought to blush. And keep on learning and keep on sitting at the feet of people that know more than you know. And never get the place where you think you know it all. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't understand me. And he doesn't understand my problem. And she doesn't understand me. No, that's not becoming. And by the way, if you're not already in sin, you'll be in sin after a while. I see it in adults, too. I see it in adults. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll sort of sit back in the back. Not nothing wrong sitting back in the back. Somebody's got to sit back in the back. But I see adults. They'll uh, slouch down in their seat. And, uh, and after a while, you'll see them sort of whispering a little extra bit during the service. And what are they doing? They're talking about the lady on the third row in the choir. Or they're talking about uh, one of the fellows on the platform, how they sit awkwardly. And God knows they do. Look at John Colston. Uh, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> and then all they're talking about, well, yeah, the preacher, he'll never get through, our, uh, and then so forth. Yeah, he, yeah, better watch it. You're going to be in sin before you know it. If you're not in sin, your child will be. The bad spirit. David had always had a good spirit. But David said, renew a right spirit within me. David knew what started his downward trend. David knew where he went into sin. David knew where the road started. David knew where the fork in the road came. David, and so he said, Lord, give me a, a, a good spirit. A good spirit also takes someone to success. A good spirit gives success. We read it twice a while ago in Daniel. Daniel 5.12, Daniel 6.3 about the, an excellent spirit was in Daniel. <clears throat> By the way, name the two outstanding young men in the Old Testament. Anybody knows? David and Daniel. David and Daniel. And both of them had an excellent spirit. Now, that's why Daniel was promoted. That's why he went to the top. A lot of you young men that not, don't, you don't have a good spirit. You've got a bad spirit. And you know what? You have, well, what is a bad spirit? I like what Brother Vineyard says. Somebody said, Brother Vineyard, what is long hair? He said, I don't know, but it's opposite, opposite of short. And uh, so what is a bad spirit? It's not having a good spirit. That's what it is. It's a cynical kind of a, 
of a, of a slurry kind of a look. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the, by the way, it comes when you think a school teacher has done you wrong. It comes when a school teacher gives out more demerits than you think she ought to give out or he ought to give out. And, uh, and you, you have a bad spirit. And it, 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 you say, ah, he shouldn't do that. Oh, you never taught school. Shut your chops. That kind of a thing. That, that, that he's wrong. He doesn't understand me. She doesn't understand us. No. Even if you're wronged and somebody does you wrong, the right kind of spirit is forgiving spirit, understanding spirit. That leads to success. Daniel. If anybody, listen, listen. If any young man ever had a right to have a bad spirit, it's Daniel. Hey, don't forget, Daniel was a slave boy. <clears throat> Daniel was a, was, was a member of a slave race. Shall I say, he would have been like a Negro has been in our country in many years. Daniel had a right to demonstrate. Daniel had a right to walk up and down and say, unfair. Daniel was a member of a slave race. He, was, he could have been guilty of, uh, of self-pity. He could have said, well, I just don't have it like the other boys have it, and here I'm away from my homeland. No, he had a good spirit. And that excellent spirit that Daniel had caused him to rise all the way to the top. And uh, he could have been, he could have been, had been bitter and said, ah, get him back. No, the getting him back spirit never is any good. But you say he didn't treat me right, then you treat him right anyway. But you say he mistreated me, you treat him right. But did me bad, you do him good. But he cursed me, you bless him. But he hit me. Turn the other cheek. And, uh, and so Daniel, <clears throat> Daniel had an excellent spirit, though he was a slave boy. Self-pity didn't get in his heart and mind, and bitterness didn't get in his heart. And because of that, all the way to the top. Go ahead, young people. Go ahead, and, and college students. Go ahead. Say, yeah, he gets all the opportunities to preach, and I can out-preach him. Go ahead, but you're not going to succeed with that bad spirit. Well, yeah, <clears throat> she made the choir. She sounds like a hog caller in Arkansas compared to my beautiful collar tour soprano voice. Better watch out, honey. Now, you're not going to succeed. No, you're not. No, you'll go to the top when you have a good spirit, not a bad spirit. Oh, but the teacher's got it in for me. <laughs> well, now, that's a bad spirit there. And if the teacher has it in for you, you'll come near uh, winning the teacher if you have a good spirit than having a bad spirit. You want to go to the top? Have a good spirit. Want to be successful? Have a good spirit. Want to be uh, prosperous? Have a good spirit. Want to have a big church someday? Have a good spirit. Want to have a successful business? Have a good spirit. Want to be a great Christian someday? Have a good spirit. That isn't all. It's Christ-like to have a good spirit. In Luke 2.20 it says, Jesus waxed strong in spirit. He waxed strong <clears throat> in spirit. You know, some, some preacher boys come to my office and they say, How's... I'm on, I'm on a, one, one preacher, one preacher came. He said, I'm going to go to that concrete, concrete jungle in New York City, and I'm going to turn New York City over for God. I'm sorry. He won't do much. He won't do much. In fact, he went to New York City. He's already washed out. And he didn't even turn one block of New York City over for God. He turned over a few times and left. But a preacher comes and says, Brother Hiles, I believe God's called me to New York City and I have a burden in my soul to go up there and love those people and win those people to Christ. And uh, I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to do the very best I can under God to be all I can be for God. And that kind of spirit God can bless and God can use. That's the kind of spirit Jesus had. That isn't all. <clears throat> Did you know that real manhood is having a control of your spirit? 
Proverbs 16, 32. He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh the city. Let me paraphrase it. It says, the greatest hero of all. Who is the supreme hero? Is it Muhammad Ali, uh, the, the best prize fighter in our day? No, he's not the biggest hero. Who's the biggest hero? Is it Karim, Ka- Karim Nabdul Jabbar, best basketball player alive, I guess? Um, no, he's not the biggest hero. Who's the biggest hero? Is it um, uh, uh, Mark Spitz? Who won all the gold medals in the Olympics last time? No, he's not the biggest hero. Who's the biggest hero? Is it uh, the fellow that went to the moon? Is it Borman? No, he's not the biggest hero. Who's the biggest hero? The biggest hero is the fellow that controls his spirit. What the Bible says. He says, He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh the city. A man that can control his own spirit is better than General Eisenhower. A man that can control his own spirit is better than Douglas MacArthur. A man that can rule his own spirit, his own appetites, his own will, control his own soul and spirit. That man is, is better than General, General Patton. Why? He has a good spirit. He controls himself. Plutarch once said, People in Asia became vassals largely because they could not say no. Gertrude Atherton wrote the novel one time. It was a, and in the novel, there was a rich man who made his boy say no the fir- 20 times. First thing he got up in the morning, said no 20 times. And the last thing before he went to bed, he said no 20 times. One wise man said, govern your passions or they will govern you. And Thomas Jefferson once said, when angry, count to ten. When very angry, count to a hundred. Now all these folks are saying the very same thing. They're saying, it doesn't matter how many muscles you've got, you can't control yourself, then you're not very big or not very masculine. I was talking to a young boy this morning. He's a fine boy. <clears throat> he goes to our grade school. A big boy for his age. He's here tonight. He's a fine boy. And I like him and I think he's going to become a great guy. But... He, uh, he got a little excited the other day, and he, he did, he, he brushed back like the other guys trying to mess with him, he'd try to brush him off, and then the fellow didn't know his own strength, and he hit the fellow and did some damage to him. And, uh, and I had a talk this morning with him, and I said, now son, let me tell you something, you're a good boy and a fine boy, but you're a big boy. <clears throat> now the bigger the boy is, doesn't mean he's a bigger man. No, I said, the bigger you are, and the stronger you are, the more man, manhood it takes to control your strength. Let me illustrate. Here's a, here's a car. A fellow's got a, a Cadillac car. How, how fast will a Cadillac car go? Nobody here knows. How fast will a Dodson go? Uh, <clears throat> how fast will an old 98 go? 120? Huh? How fast will an average new car go? It says it on there. I've forgotten. 120. Okay. Now, uh, <clears throat> that means... Uh, that means that every time a person drives a car, he has to restrain himself. Is that right? You think anybody ought to ever go 120? No, I don't think so. On the highway? No. Half that's the speed limit. Never have understood why they make cars to go twice the speed limit. But uh, half that's the speed limit. So that means you've got to restrain yourself on the highway. When you're in town, 30 miles on, you've got to restrain yourself even more. Now, it takes character to do that. Anybody can zoom around the place and pass everybody up and act like a big fool. No, that's not being smart. That's being dumb. Uh, <clears throat> look at me, boy. There in the middle of the traffic. Yeah. No, that's not showing how a man you are. That's showing what a sissy you are. Men control themselves. Um, let's take it, for example. Let's take Coach Price. <clears throat> Coach Price, I'd hate to see him mad in the dark out of some night, mad at me, unless I had Coach... Um, Thing is, Smith with me, and uh, uh, 
And uh, by the way, uh, I could take on both of them, I think, if I had time. Uh, I, normally I can whip five men, but of that size, I think two is but all I could handle. But, uh, no, but, but t- take both those fellows. Coach Clingett Smith wrestled a bear one time. You say, who won? The bear did. He couldn't stand the odor of Coach Clingett Smith. And, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, but, uh, one, uh, in another church up there, they had a big day and he wrestled a bear. Now, don't you think, uh, Coach Price could walk out when the boys lose a game and take all the boys and knock their heads together and beat the fire up and leave, leave them bloody on, on the basketball court? No, but anybody that knows, knows Coach Price knows that Coach Price is a gentleman. And they know that Coach Price, though, is a giant of a man and has muscles to spare. Anybody knows that Coach Price doesn't use those muscles. And it takes more manhood not to than it does to do it. And uh, <clears throat> same thing Coach Clingin Smith. I mean, either one of them. If somebody got mad or said something to them, they could knock a fire out of them and destroy them. But they're too manly. Boy, he's a man. He can win all his fights. It may be that the biggest man, the one fellow doesn't do it, doesn't do any fighting. It may be the fellow doesn't fight back. He controls his own spirit. And he has a good spirit. And, uh, and that's real manhood. No, you're not a real man because you can shoot the baskets and, and uh, be the high point man. Or because you're the full back or tackle on the football team and, 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 and you lose your temper and get in a fight and say a dirty word. No, you're a sort of a sissy. So you can't control your own spirit. You have a big body. And, you're, you're, and, a, and a bad spirit. That's what they call a big goon or a big baboon. No, you say, <clears throat> I'm, I haven't lost a wrestling match all year. <clears throat> yeah, if you didn't control your spirit, you have. If you can't keep from gossiping, you have. If you can't keep from criticizing, you have. Listen, it takes more manliness to, to, not to fight back than it does to fight. And so the wise man said, He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh the city. That isn't all. It's a test of strength when you have a good spirit. Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight says, He that hath no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. You're weak. No resistance. Here's a fella, six foot four inches tall, <clears throat> weighs 225 pounds, <clears throat> has a chest 45 expanded and 42 not expanded and a waist 34. What a man! What a man! <laughs> I'm just describing myself and didn't realize it. But... Uh, what a man! Yeah, what a man. And a little 125-pound female can put on Chanel number 5, and he can't resist her. Sissy, can't control your own spirit, can you? Huh? She tickles you under the chin. Say, hello there, big boy. And that 225 pounds goes... Not much man, are you? Oh, boy, <clears throat> I can do a hundred push-ups, and I'll tell you what, I'm a giant of a man. And yet something about that long, about big around your little finger. Some are long, some are hedges, that uh, bits and hedges get caught in the window, in the, when you roll the window up. And uh, <clears throat> you can't give it up. Sissy? Weakling? Boy, what? Look at what a he-man he is. He's Mr. America. And somebody gives him a bottle about that big, has some liquor in it about that much of it. He looks at it and can't turn it down. Well, you're not a man. The fellow has a good spirit, it's a man. And strength is having a good spirit. And masculinity is having a good spirit. And manhood is having a good spirit. You give me these young men, 
that, uh, that uh, dress properly and uh, wear ties when they come to church. And there needs to be <clears throat> revival in our teenagers of, of, of dressing. How even you come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, you ought to wear a coat and tie. No, I'm not being critical of you folks that don't have it, but I want our young folks to grow up here to know how to be proper. And, uh, and there ought to be a certain kind of, of a young man here growing up that, uh, that sure he's strong. Sure, he, I don't want any sissies around here. God deliver me from these effeminate kind of sissies, you know. These little, uh, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you so much. I wish you wouldn't. Hate me. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, don't, don't like me. No, you, you, you see, you know. Now, they just don't do anything. Now, now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a young fella who can hit the baseball and throw the baseball and throw the football and shoot the basketball and lift the weights and wrestle and box. I'm talking about that box. Same time, I'm talking about a fella that knows how to stand when a girl walks in the room. And a fella that doesn't, it doesn't insult young ladies. Some of you, some of you high school students at Heaven Baptist High School, big, strong men, but you're about sixth graders in your handling of young ladies. Now somebody said, "Ah, we we decided in our class, Heaven Baptist High School, we're not going to date any of these girls." I'm sorry, you're too late. They've already decided it. No young lady wants a big, gruff baboon that insults her. No, she didn't want that. She wants a gentleman. She wants someone that appreciates her as a young lady and treats her with courtesy and propriety and treats her with decency and is, is mannerly, not this little six-year-old thing, sixth-grade stuff about, like, like pulling the pigtail. You know, I'm going to put a rat in your drawer. Some of you kids ought to get yo-yos and play with them instead of playing this stupid stuff you play. Or get your ping-pong paddle in there. Get you one of these little things you... Knock the ball up on a string or something instead of doing instead of insulting young ladies. Listen, <clears throat> a fellow that comes up freshman in high school, it's way beyond the time you ought to quit pulling pigtails and insulting young ladies. You ought to be a gentleman. You say, "Well, I know a fellow like that. He's a sissy. He's not as big a sissy as you are. You big baboon. You big unruly ox. You got a got a big muscle and boy, you can win this and win that." Don't know how to treat young ladies. Bad spirit. Bad spirit. Test of strength to have a good spirit. By the way, a good spirit will also glorify God. First Corinthians six twenty says, Glorify God in body and in your spirit. Now the question comes with the house, what is a good spirit? The Bible answers that. There's several types of spirits the Bible commands. First the Bible commands a meek spirit, Galatians six one. A meek spirit. Now what is a meek spirit? Listen carefully. The word meek in the Bible is a word that, that means even. It means, it, it's technically a word that, that means like homogenized milk, uh, the, the, the cream is not at the top, or a smooth, even textured meal, or flour or something. It means even textured all the way through. What is a meek person? Uh, the even type person. What am I saying? It's a person that looks down on no one and up to no one. It's a person that never says, ah, she doesn't wear as nice clothes as I wear. No, uh, she's sort of, no, 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 you're not me. Or a person that says, I'm just not worthy and I feel so much, le- I, f- I just feel like I'm less than anybody else. No, you're not me either. My mother used to say to me when I was a kid with patches in my pants and no shoes on my feet and T-shirt to wear is all I could, could afford. 
My mother used to say to me, night after night, son, we're poor, and we don't have a decent car, and we don't have a good house, and we don't have an indoor toilet, and we don't have nice clothes to wear, and we don't have a telephone in our house, we don't have electric lights, we have kerosene lamp, and we don't have hot and cold running water, we have a, have a, a bucket and a dipper, and so forth, and we don't have any bathtub, we take a bath in number two tub, but my mother used to say to me, son, you are as good as anybody, and don't you ever, ever feel like you're not as good as anybody. She said, walk with your shoulders straight. And she said, when you shake somebody, look them square in the eye when you talk to them. And don't you be a coward. You're a man. You're as good as anybody. Don't you ever feel like you're less than as good as anybody. And before about that time, she had said, and by the way, don't you ever feel like you're better than anybody either. You're not better than anybody. You look everybody straight in the eye. And that's exactly what the Bible says when it talks about a meek spirit. It means a kind of spirit that looks down on nobody. <coughs> you, you oxes, you poor idiots that make fun of these folks that are in the Pathfinders class. Some of you teenagers sit over here, the Pathfinders over here, and then across the aisle, and you make fun, and they try to sing, and they may sing, Jesus is mine. And you sit over and mock and make fun. I'll tell you one thing, brother, the stupidest fellows on that side of the aisle and not that side of the aisle. Have a meek spirit. <coughs> Never look down on anybody. Don't think that because somebody goes to another school, they're not as good as we are. Don't think that we're high and mighty. We go play a basketball game somewhere. Don't you think you own the place? And when we have guests to come to our gym and play a basketball game or have a wrestling match, don't you think you own the... You ought to be shaking hands and greeting them and saying, we're so glad to have you with us. And don't look down. And don't go to somebody else's gym. It's not as nice as ours. Because they have a smaller student body. Yeah, it's a crummy gym. Oh, you don't know what a good spirit is. The Bible says have a meek spirit. That means you're, you're better than nobody. You look up to nobody and down to nobody. Look everybody square in the eye. The Bible says have an humble spirit. Proverbs 29, 23 says have an humble spirit. What does that mean? That means <clears throat> an humble spirit. It means you live for others. You live for somebody else. One of our cottage girls came to my office this morning after the service, and she was happy as if she had just discovered gold underneath the dormitory. Oh, I wish somebody would. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, she said, oh, she said, why didn't I see it before? You've tried to tell me why didn't I see it. I said, what's that? Then she said, some of us girls, it's finally soaked in our thick skulls. If we won't be selfish and if we'll live for others, God will give us what he wants us to have. And that's what, that's what an humble spirit is. An humble spirit living for somebody else. An humble spirit is not what do I get, what can I give. An humble spirit is what can I do for you. An humble spirit is I want to help that person, he's in trouble. The humble spirit doesn't think about me, thinks about you. Doesn't try to seek for me, it seeks for you. Doesn't try to exalt me, it exalts you. Doesn't try to prefer me, it prefers you. An humble spirit. And that's a part of being, having a good spirit. Then <clears throat> there's a, there's something in the Bible about a good spirit. First Peter 3, 4 talks about a young lady, our lady having a meek and quiet spirit. May I say this? That's one reason why young ladies shouldn't wear slacks. <clears throat> they shouldn't be able to just wear that for the house. What? When you wear it, when you've got to run and jump and holler, what are you going to wear? You ought not to do much running and jumping and hollering to a young lady. What you can't do in a skirt, you need not do. Um... Young ladies shouldn't, shouldn't call young boy, young man on the telephone. Young ladies shouldn't be forward. 
young men. Young ladies shouldn't flirt with young men. A good spirit on a young lady is a modest spirit, a little bit timid, <clears throat> not loud and, <clears throat> and cutting up and, uh, and boisterous and partying all the time. No, a young lady ought to have a sweet, meek, quiet spirit. You say, I don't believe it. Well, talk, take it up with God. He wrote First Peter 3, 4, and he said, let the ladies have a meek and quiet spirit. But you say, I've got my rights. Yes, and most old maids say that too. And I hope you join their list. I shouldn't say old maid. God bless them. Some of the sweetest people I know have never gotten married. <clears throat> Somebody said, said, um, yeah. Said, she's not married, is she? Yeah, but she could have been. Fellow said, yeah, she's an old maid, isn't she? Somebody said, yeah, but she could have been if she'd have settled for what your wife settled for. But I hope you loudmouths, you women livers, I hope you never get married. Unless you marry some little effeminate sissy, you deserve each other. What is a good spirit? <clears throat> a good spirit is a fervent spirit. Romans twelve eleven. A fervent spirit, that's a shining spirit. That means optimistic. That means cheerful. That means happy. That means on the bright side all the time. You know, there are some people that just to see them makes you feel better. Just to see them. And your spirit is lifted. And there are some people just to think about them. And you know, there are some folks in this room tonight, when I think about you, i got 104 fever. And I feel like I want to commit suicide. <clears throat> There's a lady here tonight. <coughs> she don't know who she is. But she, I wouldn't dare ask her how she feels. I don't have time. Then, boy, it is started. And she talks and she talks. She's got a, 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 she's got a concussion of the brain. And then she's got her eyes need to be checked. And her, her nose has been broken four times. And then she's got, uh, she's got uh, a sinus trouble. And then she's got teeth that are going to be fixed. And then she's got a little uh, breathing problem, and her heart's not what it ought to be. And then she's got uh, a little uh, ulcer, uh, stomach ulcer. And then she's, uh, she's got a, a back disc that's deteriorating uh, in, in the back. <clears throat> and uh, then she also she's got arthritis in her legs. And then she's got an ingrowing toenail, too. And, oh, by the way, I missed the varicose veins. And, uh, <clears throat> and so forth. But never ask her how she feels. No, that's not a good spirit. A good spirit's that person that scatters sunshine everywhere he goes. That person whose good morning is a delight, whose, whose, whose presence is refreshing like a drink of water on a hot, hot summer afternoon, like a glass of orange juice um, when a person has just gotten home after a day's work. A good spirit, a fervent spirit, shining spirit, something else. A good spirit is an understanding spirit, Isaiah 11 and 2. Understanding, not critical, not spreading rumors, not gossiping. That's a good spirit, but understanding. In other words, saying, I know he didn't do what he should have done, but I suspect he's tired, or he's had it rough lately. Or, <clears throat> I, I know, I know, Dr. Billings did something he shouldn't have done, but Dr. Billings is, has a big load to carry now. Oh, I know Brother Fisk. He wasn't as friendly as he should have been. But Brother Fisk is hurting in his back right now, and he's not well. An understanding spirit is a good spirit. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8 says, a patient spirit is a good spirit. And in Proverbs eleven thirteen, a faithful spirit 
is a good spirit. Now, what's a bad spirit? Proverbs 16, 18 means a hasty. It says a hasty spirit's a bad spirit. Hasty. What does that mean? It means that you quit too soon. You can't do it in a hurry. You don't do it at all. Oh, you quit school. Turn back. Wash out. Don't finish a job. That's a bad spirit. Oh, listen. <clears throat> I like these fellows. I like whoever went down to this, uh, uh, what's this place where a lot of our fellows work? This uh, UPS. UPS, United Parcel Service. Ah, uh, whoever went down there from our college and started working down there at first, he did us a big favor. Those first few fellows that went down there, you know, we have now, somebody said, over a hundred students that work at UPS. And they do they, they, do they have Hiles Anderson students and human beings now, they tell me. <laughs> and, <clears throat> boy, why, somebody went down there and got the work on time and worked while he was there and worked till the time was up and had a good spirit. And, uh, then some sanctity. There's another place over here, a fellow wrote the other day. He said, we won't hire any more Hiles Anderson students. You know why? Fellow wouldn't work. Had a fellow wouldn't work. Hired another fella. He didn't keep his uniform clean. We won't hire any more Hiles Anderson students. A uh, good spirit is an honest spirit. A good spirit is not a hasty spirit. It's a hard work. Keeping your appointments and be- being on time and uh, keeping your word and paying your bills. And being honest and having honor and having integrity and having chastity and having decency and having a, 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 a integrity and purity. That's what a good spirit is. I'm not talking about a personality kid tonight. I'm not talking about the kind that's got a, a oh, good morning, good morning, good morning, and how are you? Not but lazy. Won't keep your room clean in the dormitory. Tear up cheap seats while you're in church. Disobey your mom and dad. Think you own the place. Cocky. Arrogant. Conceited. That's a bad spirit. That's a, by the way, adults can have that kind of spirit also. And parents of students can have that kind of spirit also. What is it? <coughs> Impatient with the teacher. Going to the school and raising the devil because the teacher's been unfair to your child. Oh, why don't you stay home? Bake some cookies. Sound man, go ahead and bake them anyhow. Your kind ought to. But you don't understand, my little daughter, my little son has been mistreated. In the first place, <coughs> it won't hurt them to get mistreated every once in a while. In the second place, probably they haven't been. In the third place, you're not doing them a favor when you stand against authority for them. In the fourth place, hush. Bad spirit. I have my rights. Yes. I have a right to say what I want to say. You also have a perfect right to be quiet, too. It's your right. Perfect right to be decent and quiet. Bad spirit. Hasty spirit. Second Corinthians 7 1 talks about a filthy spirit. That's you, dirty magazine readers. That's you that can't look at a woman without trying to see uh, between her knees, hoping her skirt will fly up. <clears throat> That's you short wearers. That's you miniskirt gals. It's getting almost impossible nowadays to go to church. Uh, I, I'll guarantee you one thing. You gals that, that, that your skirts are flying up and you wear your dirty miniskirts and show your thighs to every old, every, every old man, in God's dear name, 
Get a good spirit about yourself and cover your thighs up and dress decently. Filthy spirit. That's you fellows that, go to, that watch these uh, late movies at night. That's you ladies that watch these uh, secret storm and as the world revolves or turns or um, uh, the edge of night or, um, or the nurses or the doctors. You say, Brother Howard, you take away all the fun I have. No, I didn't. I still think you can read the Bible. <clears throat> you say, ah, it's not fun. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of them. God understandeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seed of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Filthy spirit, evil thought. Sort of sad. Some of you dirty-minded men. Young lady can't walk down the street without you imagining what she'd look like without anything on. Try to get a little added look so you can get some evil thought in your mind. Or go by the, go by the, the, uh, drugstore and as you go by a newspaper or go, go by, you always go by the, the magazine rack so you can get a good glance at some of those filthy pictures on the outside and fill your mind with that kind of garbage and lust and filth and rot. No, you don't have a good spirit. You've got a filthy spirit. And by the way, I'll bind you one thing. That same crowd that does that is the crowd that slouches down while a preacher's preaching. And boy, if they came to church and had their choice of seats, they'd sit on the back row instead of the front. And the farther back, and I'm not against you back rowers tonight. Yeah, God bless you. I'm talking about these, these young people. Get back in the back and pass their notes and, and don't hear what the preacher says. Filthy! It's the same kind of crowd that does that. Slouch down. And, you know, that kind of a spirit. And walk with your britches half off. You know, I think I'll just stop here. Some of you Hammond Baptist boys, you need to get you some new britches. I mean, look, honestly, now if you're a size 34, a size 12 is not what you ought to wear. Somebody said to Dr. James Stewart one time, said, uh, said you know what you said? You used the word britches in your sermon. And Dr. Stewart, the old Scottish preacher with his, with his uh, role, he said, uh, oh, the word britches. Yeah, use the word britches in your sermon. He said, and what did, what did I say? I, mean, I don't remember. What did I say right before that? And she said, well, I don't recall. Well, he said, do you recall what I said right after that? And she said, no, I don't recall that either. He said, ma'am, it's a good thing I said the word britches in my sermon tonight, or you wouldn't have gotten anything out of the sermon, would you? You want to wear these tight-fitting trousers so you can show all yourself you can. <clears throat> you girls, that that uh, you want to wear, <clears throat> you want to wear a real tight sweater so you can show all your bosom you can. You got a filthy spirit, and you fellows that watch them and have evil thoughts, you have a filthy spirit also. You know, there's still such a thing as being decent. There's still such a thing as being pure and clean-minded. Everybody, everybody's doing it. In the first place, that's not true. There are a lot of good, clean young people sitting in this room right now. <clears throat> there, there, there are dozens of kids in this room that'll have their first romantic kiss, their first kiss, other than kissing their parents or, or immediate family, the first kiss when they kiss at the altar. 
I worry about them of you. <clears throat> don't, by the way, don't just snicker when I'm talking about that either. I worry about some of you the way you kiss when you get married. Listen, I married folks up here on this platform. When they kiss, they, they come, come each other like they're going to swallow not each other, not kiss each other. What's that? German, English, French, something. Better say that. Better say that. Boy, I like to marry these couples. And when, when I say, and uh, I'll pronounce you husband and wife, let us pray, and the prayer's over, they come to each other. <clears throat> That's not as good a kiss. Uh, they got time to learn. They got time to learn. Well, you say for the house, this is the new age. I know, it's a wicked age. Playboy age. New philosophy age, new morality age, uh, uh, homosexual age, indecent age, wife-swapping age, uh, uh, illicit age, dirty age. I don't care what age it is, brother. This book is as true as it was 2,000 years ago. Filthy spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit. David had a good spirit. Then there's a, also in Numbers 5, 14, it talks about a jealous spirit. Again in verse 30, talks about a jealous spirit. That's not becoming a Christian. In Proverbs 18, 14, talks about a bad spirit being a wounded spirit. You ever seen anybody like that? How are you doing today? Well, the load is heavy and the burdens are many, but the Lord is so good. And He'll see me through. Why don't you just give the last half of that speech instead of the first half? Why don't you say the Lord's so good and he'll see me through, praise the Lord. A wounded spirit. Well, my, I saw Brother Colston on the street, and he didn't even speak to me. Honey, Brother Colston's doing good <clears throat> just to stand up when he walks down the street. I mean, he's got to be careful. I mean, he could stumble over any ant bed he walks over. I got a letter the other day, lady in our church. Nobody knows who she is but her, and she ought to know. She said, nobody loves anybody anymore. She said, before I came to your church, I mailed you a loaf of bread in Springfield, Missouri. And I'm very glad about that. I just love Springfield bread. And she said, she said, nobody cares about us. She said, we could live and die, nobody would care. Uh, I don't mean to be unkind to her, but young lady, you're on the wrong trail. Uh, nobody's, God's not going to let anybody care about you until you get that, that, that uh, uh, wounded spirit uh, out of your soul. Now, I'm not being unkind to you, not even hurting you. I'm trying to help you. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Now, I'm in house address. I only have one, one dress to wear. Well, then just wear it. A lot of folks have a hundred, don't wear any. Just wear it and thank God you have one dress to wear. But you say, Brother Hiles, I have to work so hard and other students have it so easy and I don't have... I know, but you just... you just Don't you feel sorry for yourself? There's nothing as unbecoming a Christian as, as feeling sorry for himself. Don't have a wounded spirit. It's a bad spirit. And then also a slumber spirit. Romans 8, 11, 8 talks about a spirit of slumber. Lazy spirit. Oh boy, 
I could spend all night here. Lazy spirit. Woo, I hate laziness. Good night. I hate laziness. Oh, I understand. Now I've got to go to school, and then I've got to work 40 hours a week. Okay, then go to school and work 40 hours a week. Lazy. I'll say it again. Any single young man that can't stay in Howells Anderson College is shiftless. Shiftless. You've got a slumber spirit. Any preacher, any preacher, laying in bed, seven and eight o'clock in the morning, has got a spirit of slumber. It's a bad spirit. It'll wreck you in the long run. Wreck you. Oh, for the house, I've got to have my eight hours. You see, for the house, I am so constructed that way. <laughs> so am I. Now, I wish I could bounce out like you do. Bounce out? <clears throat> I fall out. I writhe out. I wish I had all your energy, boy. No, the truth is, the difference in us is not my energy. The difference in us is my character. Lazy. Some of you, some of, some of you uh, ladies, right now, got filthy, dirty houses. You don't care if they're filthy or not. Kitchen sink hadn't been, hadn't been... Uh, uh, cleaned and the, and the bathtub hadn't been cleaned, your house is filthy, and you don't cook decent meals, and you won't work, and you gripe all the time, and lay around and read these true confessions and modern romances and, and, uh, and, uh, what's the rest of them? Uh, confidential and, uh, a women's home companion and ladies' home journal and all these deals. Teach it. 15 ways to have better sex and 75 ways to thrill more at the touch of a man. You lay around reading all that dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking, hellish, satanic trash and the work goes undone. You have a spirit of slumber. Get right with God and get a good spirit in your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, we got some fellows been looking for a job for six months. Some fellows can find one the first day. <clears throat> I was down at Tennessee Temple this last week preaching. And a uh, young man, fine young man, drove me to the, to the um, school where I preached. And I said, do you have afternoon classes? He said, no, have paper out. Still about 24 years old, studying for a master's degree. Paper out. I quit that when I was 17, 16. I said, well, what do you have up uh, a country route where you go in your car? No, I said I have a city route where I throw the papers. Wish I had a quarter of every paper I put on the on the roof of a house. <laughs> in fact, uh, <clears throat> some houses didn't leak because of all the papers up there on the roof of them. Where I'd throw them, ride down the street on a bicycle. We papers didn't used to have but twenty four or thirty pages, and you folded them. Oh, you folded them like this. You got the paper, and you folded it like that. And you folded it like that, and you folded it like that, and then you stuck this in right here like that, and then you folded it like that, and then you went down the street and went like that. <coughs> and uh, so, uh, by the way, let me have that note back. It's probably a serious. Don't you read that note? That's my business. <laughs> I ain't got the note, brother Fist, saying he's fired or something. I'm not sure. Just give it, uh, give it to me after a while. 
But um, now um, that young man throwing the paper out. Spirit of slumber, not a good spirit. You know, just plain old decency and courtesy and manners and purity and diligence and hard work. That's what I'm talking about. You say, well, how, how do you get that look on your face? You get that look on your face by doing the other stuff. A clean life and hard work. And young ladies, no amount of... Who's calling? Huh? Avon is calling. No amount of Avon or Helen Curtis or... Uh, or pancake. Now, they still call it, don't call it pancake anymore. I'm dating myself, aren't I? <clears throat> That's the stuff that you, 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 you put inside the wrinkles. And uh, it's what it is. It, really, <clears throat> it's a caulk. <laughs> is what it is. <clears throat> a martyr. And... Uh, no amount of that. Or no amount of that junk, that, that blue-purple junk you put on your eyelids. Why do you do that? <laughs> Why in the world would anybody... Look, you don't have to be a rainbow to be pretty. Did you know that? <laughs> Why would anybody... You know, you guys that like that... Look, I tell you somebody you didn't like, you'd fall for Bozo the Clown. <laughs> You'd love him. All that blue junk you put on the top and artificial. Mind you, I haven't told this story in years. I'm in the mood to tell it. About the guy that got married. Remember that? And so, his, his, uh, went to the room and his wife took out her, her false eye, or her glass eye, and put it in the top drawer of the dresser. And she took off her artificial, artificial eyebrow, eyelid, and put them beside the eyeball in the top drawer. And she took off her wig, and she put her wig beside the artificial eyelids in the top drawer. And then she took out her teeth, and her teeth inside the artificial, uh, in the top drawer. And then she, she unscrewed her leg and uh, put the leg in the top drawer. And then she went to bed and she said to her husband, come on to bed, what you waiting on? He said, I got a problem. She said, what's the problem? He said, I don't know whether to sleep in the bed or the top drawer. <laughs> now, all that junk and artificial stuff you put on, did you know, <clears throat> did you know that, that decent young men like to know what you look like? Most young men, when they get married, wake up the first morning, look over and say, Good night, I thought I got Rachel. There's Leah. <laughs> all that junk. Did you know there's a great... All, all of that stuff, all of it, won't, won't ever give you the beauty of diligence and chastity and purity and virginity and obedience. All of it. There's a certain sweet look in the eye of decency and chastity 
that all the eye drops and artificial eyelashes will never, never, never take the place. There's a certain sweet, rosy look in the cheek of a young lady who saved herself for the man that God has for her. There's a certain beauty that Helen Curtis can never, never copy on that face. And there's a kind of a fresh, masculine manliness on the face of a young man and in the body of a young man who's kept himself, who's worked hard. You say, I'd love to have that, that, that innocent look on my face. Innocent people do. Thank you for listening and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.